الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ذلك الفيض لمس الله وفيض من سيكيز السيستم والفجيبنس ونسيك وفيج من الله من الإيبر بأسائل ومن الإيبر تنسيكونسيز بأعديد وهذا الله جايز لذلك لا يمكن that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there is no one that can guide him and their witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and their witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger in the last in our series of 10 topics from the Tafsir of Al-Haqib ibn Kathiyah and that which we were able to collect from other books of Tafsir and comments of the scholars of Tafsir this evening we'd like to discuss the topic of the Dua of Ibrahim on the supplication of Ibrahim Khamirullah alayhi salatu wassalam for Mecca and for the people of Mecca and for his offspring in this supplication or these supplications actually this section from Surah Ibrahim beginning with verse 35 and ending with verse 41 mentions a number of supplications of the Prophet Ibrahim السلام, the most important of them is related to a Tawheed the most important of these supplications is related to the topic of Tawheed and it is indeed a great reminder and a warning to us of the importance of a Tawheed and the danger of the violation of a Tawheed Shirk and every Muslim who reads the Qur'an and reflects upon the fact that Ibrahim السلام, who was known first and foremost to his firm stand upon Tawheed and his great efforts to remove a shirk from the land and from the people can understand the danger of a shirk when such a personality, a prophet of Allah, a messenger of Allah and one of the five great prophets and messengers, Ulul Adam when he is supplicating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect him and his offspring from the worship of idols, from falling into shirk then indeed one can realize from this how dangerous it is and that every one of us is more so subject to falling into shirk than the likes of Ibrahim alayhi salam 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins this section with the words وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ جَعَلْ هَذَا الْبَلَدَ آمِنًا وَجَنُبَنِي وَبَنِيَّ أَنْ نَعْبُدَ الْأَسْمَانِ Leave to dua or two supplications of the Prophet Ibrahim السلام, reflect his concern for the land as well as his concern for the people. In the first of them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls upon one to remember or to reflect upon. And of course, it is initially first and foremost addressed to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to him, remember when Ibrahim السلام, said these following words, these supplications. And some of the scholars said, how could the Prophet وسلم, or anyone other than him remember the words of Ibrahim unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had revealed it to him? Therefore, it was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who revealed to the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, the news of this event and these words or supplications of the Prophet Ibrahim السلام, and this is indeed, it may be understood as an indication of the Nubuwa or the Prophethood of Muhammad وسلم, and that revelation came to him. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَهِيمِ يعني أُذْكُرْ إِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَهِيمِ Remember the time or the occasion or the incident when Ibrahim السلام, said the following words. These words were, as I mentioned, first and foremost addressed to the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and the only way that he can know of such a thing is by revelation and this is an indication of his prophethood and that he received revelation. The supplication or the words of the supplication of Ibrahim السلام, here come in two parts. The first of them, رَبِّجْعَلْ هَذَا الْبَلَدَ آمِنًا Oh my Lord, make this land that is Mecca, make it Aminan, that it will be a place of safety, peace and security, so that whoever enters it, that person would be safe and secure. Their life would be safe, as well as their wealth and property would be safe. In this land, Hadal Barad, it means Mecca. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered the supplication of Ibrahim shar'an wa qadaran he answered his supplication shar'an by legislating in the sharia that it will be a sacred land and it will be safe and he also legislated it qadaran by decreeing in his divine decree those things, the causes that would make Mecca a safe land Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala legislated in the Sharia and he also decreed in his qadr that Mecca, it would be a sacred land and it would be Aminan, safe. Whoever entered it would be safe. So when the Prophet Ibrahim supplicated for Mecca that Allah would grant it al-Amna, he followed it with the supplication for himself and his children and his offspring that Allah would grant them al-Iman. When he supplicated for Mecca with Al-Amna, safety and security, he followed it with the supplication for himself and for his offspring that Allah grant them Al-Iman, Al-Tawheed. And that is in the words of the following supplication, وَجَنُبَنِي وَبَنِيَّ أَنْ نَعْبُدَ الْأَسْمَانِ 
and to make, make me and my children to be far away, far removed from the worship of idols. Make us to be far removed from worshiping idols. So here the Prophet Ibrahim is supplicating, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove him, to distance him as well as his children, he and his children from the worship, the ibadah of false gods, al-asman. And in these words, there is the affirmation of al-tawheed, the supplication to avoid a shirk, it is the confirmation of al-tawheed, the fulfillment of al-tawheed, that is the worship of Allah alone. And here, also, it may be noted that in the words of Ibrahim, وَجَلُوبَنِي وَبَنِيَّةِ Yani that he supplicated not only for himself but also for his children, and his children's children, or his offspring, that they avoid and be far removed from the worship of Al-Asman. And indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered his supplication such that none of his children, none of his children's children, were of the Mishrikeen. And some of the scholars of the Salaf of the early generations of the Muslims, and from amongst them, Ibrahim al-Tamimi, Rahimahullah, he said, من يعمل البلاء بعد الخليل And who would be safe from البلاء, يعني from the catastrophe or the affliction of a shirk, of falling into shirk. If Ibrahim didn't feel himself safe and secure from shirk, such that he asked Allah to protect him from it, then which of us should feel safe and secure from falling into shirk? Some of the people believe that because they are Muslims, that they don't have to worry about shirk. And therefore they don't pay attention to it. And therefore most of the people have fallen into it. Well, the major shirk or minor shirk. In the Muslim lands today we see that as shirk. And the people who are falling into it are many and much. And this is something that was confirmed in the time of Ibrahim salam, in the word of Ibrahim that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions to us in the Quran. He's saying, رَبِّ إِنَّهُنَّ أَذَلَلْنَا كَثِيرًا مِنَ النَّاسِ Oh my Lord, إِنَّهُنَّ The idols, the asnaam, أَذَلَلْنَا They called to go astray كَثِيرًا مِنَ النَّاسِ So many of the people. كَثْرَةُ النَّاسِ How many of the people went astray? Many, 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 if not most of them. The Prophet Ibrahim mentions this to make us to know the reason, the cause, why he is asking Allah to protect him and to keep him far removed, he as well as his children, from the worship of the Asman, the idols. And it is due to this fact that the idols, though they themselves do not cause anyone to go astray, by calling them to misguidance or calling them to the worship of falsehood, but the presence of idols is the cause for people to go astray. And when people worship those idols, it makes them go further and further astray. And therefore we find that amongst the peoples of the earth today, including those who identify themselves as Muslims, we find that those who, who have fallen into shirk, if they continue to practice that shirk and to worship idols, or any other acts of shirk, whether it is the worship of stones or trees or any kind, kind of entity, anything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that those people seem to go further and further and further away. The worship of idols 
the worship of false god it means that cause people to go astray and if we look in the lands where shirk is widespread we see that misguidance and deviation and innovation is also widespread more than any other place in the earth so Ibrahim السلام, he asked Allah to protect him to preserve him and his children from falling into the worship of idols because indeed the worship of idols it is widespread and many other people have fallen into it and it is a cause, a suburb or a reason why people go further astray then Ibrahim السلام, makes the statement which is one of the fundamentals of Islam it may be understood here the statement of the principle of al-wala wal-bara that relation between people it is not based on blood relations or business relations or friendship relations but relations are based upon al-iman al-iman or kufr it is based upon tawheed and shirk it is based upon the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the worship of other than Allah so our relations, our alliances, our friendships they are primarily first and foremost based upon the principle of al-wala having allegiance and friendship and support for those who worship Allah and al-bara being free from and having no relation to or support of those who worship other than Allah here Ibrahim السلام, is reported to have said فَمَنْ تَبِعَنِي whoever follows me first and foremost from amongst his children and otherwise فَمَنْ تَبِعَنِي that is until he and the worship of Allah alone whoever follows me in this فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي that is the one who is from me فَمَنْ تَبِعَنِي فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي whoever follows me in this Tawheed in the worship of Allah alone whoever establishes Tawheed in their life فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي مِنِّي then he is the one who is part of me he is the one that I have associated and connected to me that is, he is the one who is accredited with following my millah or my deen, my way of life وَمَنْ أَصَانِي and as for the one who disobeys me that is the one who rejects that which I am calling to and does other than that or stands upon other than that which I am standing upon فَمَنْ أَصَانِي فَإِنَّكَ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ then you Allah, you are غَفُور forgiving, رَحِيمٌ merciful and these are two of the names Usman min Asma'illah These are two of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ghafoor That he is forgiving And these names As the names of Allah in general It is understood that every one of the names of Allah also contains A characteristic of Allah It is the name of Allah that we call on him by Ghafoor And it is also a sifa It contains a sifa, a characteristic of Allah Yani al-maghfira that Allah forgives And likewise Ar-Rahim in the name of Allah And it contains a sifa Ar-Rahman that Allah he is the merciful and that he acts mercifully towards his creatures this supplication or these words of Ibrahim السلام, is an indication of his compassion and concern in that he even supplicated for the one who disobeyed him وَمَنْ أَصَانِي even the one who disobeyed me then perhaps Allah will be forgiven and merciful perhaps Allah will forgive them perhaps Allah will be merciful to them and certainly Allah is Arham Rahim. Allah is the most merciful of those who are merciful Yani if Ibrahim had mercy and compassion for those who disobey him Allah is more merciful Allah is more merciful to his creatures than anyone else and Allah he does indeed grant his mercy and his forgiveness except to those who completely reject and who are stubborn in their kufr or in their shirk and refuse to turn back and repent 
and to accept Allah's mercy and to accept Allah's forgiveness. So here, Ibrahim makes clear that his relationship with his children after he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect him and children from the worship of idols, then he made it clear that those who follow him in avoiding shirk and standing on Tawheed, those who follow him, find no minni, then that is the one who is from me, and whoever well, disobeys me who does otherwise, then the matter is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that person will fall under the category of the Mashiach of Allah. Allah may punish them if he wills justly for their disobedience, Allah may forgive them. But Ibrahim, out of his compassion and mercy, he only mentioned that Allah is forgiving and merciful. When in fact, of course, it is with Allah, the matter is with Allah. Allah will do as He please. He will punish those justly who deserve, and He may forgive whoever He wills out of His mercy. Uh, then He says, then Ibrahim mentions the fact that He has left some of his offspring in the care of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a place where only Allah can care for them where there were no people and there were no means of life even water wasn't present in the desert where there were no people there was no town there was no city and there was no means of livelihood or life no vegetation he said رَبَّنَا إِنِّي أَسْكَنْتُ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّةِ Oh my Lord verily I have housed some of my offspring, min dhurriyati. That means some of his children, and some of the scholars just here said that Ibrahim had eight children, and from amongst them he left one of them. He has one of them, that is Ismail salam, with his mother Hajar in the desert, in the Arabian desert in Mecca at the Kaaba. Rabbana inni askantu min dhurriyati, that I have housed some of my offspring. بِوَادٍ غَيْرِ ذِرَعٍ In a valley which doesn't have any cultivation there are no plants no life growing there nothing growing it is completely and definite a, a, a valley غَيْرِ ذِرَعٍ with no vegetation growing in it and that is Mecca at that time in that place and the surrounding area there was no vegetation and for a long time after that there was no vegetation for centuries there was no vegetation in or around the city of Mecca here he also further describes this place in an interesting manner in which there is a great difference of opinion amongst the scholars he said رَبَّنَا إِنِّي أَسْكَنْتُ مِنْ بِرْرِيَّةِ بِوَادٍ غَيْرِ ذِي ذَرْعٍ in a valley that's uncultivated, where there is no life and there are no people. Beside your house, your sacred house, beside the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sacred house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some of the scholars said that the mention of the house of Allah, that Ismail and his mother was left in a valley where there was no life, no growth, no vegetation, and the Baytullah al Haram at the secret house of Allah. Some of them said that this was by revelation 
or rules or information that was given to Ibrahim السلام, that the house of Allah would in the future be built in that place. Whereas others of the scholars said that indeed the house of Allah, the Kaaba, it had been present even before the time of Ibrahim. The first house that was built on the earth for the worship of Allah, it was that at Mecca, at Mecca. The first house on the earth, it was the Kaaba in Mecca. And some scholars understood, therefore, that the Kaaba was built from the beginning of time. It was built on earth since man was on earth. But it was rebuilt by Ibrahim and his son Ismail. In any case, this is a point of difference amongst the scholars and those who said that it was built by Ibrahim first, then they said the mention of this description where he left his offspring, Biwadi Ghaizi Zara'in, in the basic Al-Muharram at the sacred house, it means at the place where the sacred house is going to be built in the future. Also, with the sacredness of this place, the Kaaba, and the place where it is built, that is Mecca, it is, it has been made sacred by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. And that was made to be a sacred place, a sanctity, until Yawm Qiyamah, where animals should not be hunted, nor should anything be killed of plant life or animal life. Nor should fighting take place in that, in the sanctity of the sacred area, the haram area of Mecca. Then he said, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the supplication of Ibrahim alayhi salam, Rabbana liyuqeemu salat. Yani that I am leaving them there that they will establish, oh my Lord, that they will establish the salat, yani performing the prayers, that they will worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that place. And the establishment iqamat al-salat doesn't just mean the performance of salat, but it also means the performance of the salat in its proper time. And it means the fulfilling of the preconditions of the salat, such as the being in the state of purification and the place being pure and the time being right and so on, as well as the pillars of the salat and the other aspects of the prayer. The comment the salat meaning the performance of the salat in its most perfect form. Rabbana liyuqeemu salat fajal afidatan min al-nas tahwi ilayhim. So make the hearts the hearts of some of the people تَهْوِي إِلَيْهِمْ be inclined towards them the hearts of some of the people not all of the people but that the hearts of some people will be inclined towards them as they are in a place where there are no people there is no one for them to visit or to be visited by or to accompany them or to spend time with but here Ibrahim is asking that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cause the hearts of some of the people to be inclined towards them to love them and to love that place where they were living. And this dua, it is a dua in which Ibrahim السلام, is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make easy and to facilitate the means of livelihood for his son Ismail and his mother Hajar 
and their offspring and the people who will come to that place. Ibrahim is asking Allah to make the means of their livelihood easy for them, to facilitate it for them so that they can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, specifically the performance of salat and generally the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as long as the hearts of some of the people are inclined towards Mecca and they have a desire for the performance of Hajj and Umrah, and that Hajj which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made obligatory on the people. As long as this is in the hearts of the people, it would be a cause or a means for sustenance and all types of goods to be brought to Mecca, that place which didn't have anything in it. But by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala putting in the hearts of the people the inclination and the desire to go to Mecca for the performance of Hajj and Umrah, it was through this way that Allah decreed by that which is in the hearts of the people desiring to go to Mecca, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it as a means for, for the livelihood of the people of Mecca. That everything that the people of Mecca needed, it would be brought to them by the people who are desiring to visit the sacred house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And some of the scholars mentioned, Shaykh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, placed some attraction a great attraction in the hearts of the people which is the cause for people to come to Mecca in every time in history, in every time of the year day and night, day after day, there's never a time when people are not attending to the Kaaba or visiting the Kaaba and worshipping it and in fact the love of the Kaaba in the hearts of the believers is such that they never become tired from visiting the Kaaba the more they visit it, the more they want to visit it. And that's why we see the crowds of people becoming more and more in every time, in every year, the numbers of people are increasing. And the only way that those numbers would not increase is that they are regulated, that people are prevented from going there. Otherwise, the hearts of the people, the true believers, are inclined towards the sacred house of Allah, the Kaaba. And this was the name that Allah had decreed in order that the people who live in Mecca would be sufficed and that they would have a livelihood in the means of their living. And then he said, after asking that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the hearts of some of the people to be inclined towards them and his offspring that he left there, the people of Mecca and the place Mecca, he asked, And give them a risk, sustenance from all types of fruits. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَشْكُرُونَ Perhaps they will be thankful. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them of that which they need, of livelihood, of sustenance, then لَعَلَّهُمْ يَشْكُرُونَ Perhaps they will acknowledge the favor of Allah and they will thank Allah. They will praise Allah and they will remember Allah and they will be thankful to Allah for that which they have been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These words contain another supplication from Ibrahim السلام, asking Allah to provide his offspring with the fruits or the means of livelihood that they may be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that which he has given them. Indeed, the presence of one's sustenance and the fruits and the things that a person needs in order to live, the presence of those things, the livelihood that are necessary for one to continue to exist, it is a necessity or it necessitates that the person be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani whenever we recognize and acknowledge and reflect upon what Allah has given us, it is a cause or means that force us to be thankful 
to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he said the saying, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the supplications of Ibrahim alayhi salam, Rabbana innaka ta'lamu ma nukhfi wa ma nu'alim. Oh our Lord, indeed you are the one who knows ma nukhfi, that which we hide or conceal, wa ma nu'alim, as well as that which we reveal or say or do openly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He knows what we conceal as well as that which we reveal. وَمَا يَخْفَعَلَ اللَّهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ And nothing is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي السَّمَاءِ Not in the earth nor in the heavens. يعني Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala His knowledge encompasses everything. He knows that which is done openly or said openly as well as that which is done and said secretly. He knows that which we have in our hearts. That which we think in our minds, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, مَا يَخْفَعَلَ اللَّهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ Nothing is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here Ibrahim intends by these words that his supplications, which, those things which he is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, that all of this that he asks, it is only a supplication as a means of exhibiting or displaying al-ubudiyah for Allah. And in supplicating Allah openly, while we know that Allah knows what we desire and what we need, it is a means of showing our worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, displaying it, exhibiting it. And one shouldn't refrain from supplicating Allah because we are sure that Allah knows what we need. But indeed we should supplicate to Him. Allah wants us to ask Him. Allah wants us to beg from Him and to request our needs from Him. Even though it's not when we ask Him that He comes to know what we need, He already knows. But Ibrahim confirmed it and He confirmed it that you are the one who knows what we hide, what we conceal as, as well as what we reveal and nothing is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the heavens and the earth, however we ask you knowing that it is a means of displaying our worship and our humility expression of the greatness of Allah and the might and glory of Allah and our need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala otherwise there is no doubt that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who knows best what we need and what is good for us and he knows whatever we might ask for before we ask because Allah is the one who knows everything and is the one from whom nothing is hidden then the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the tongue of Ibrahim his praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the favors that he has given him and from amongst those favors is that he gave him children and not only did he give him children and indeed of the greatest of the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of the greatest of the ni'am of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our children our children are the best of the gifts that Allah has given us better than wealth better than homes better than material things in this world and whoever understands the greatness of this ni'mah of the children that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us and we must express our thanks to Him and praise Him for that not just by the tongue but thanks in our actions by giving care and, and having concern and bearing those children properly to show our gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to show that we understand the greatness of this gift that He has given us whatever Allah has given to us of bounties then we are supposed to use it in the right way to show our gratitude and how much more so our children so here Ibrahim salam it is recorded that he praised Allah. Alhamdulillah, Alladhi wahabani, 
على الكبر إسماعيل وإسحاق إن ربي لسميع الدعاء praise and thanks all that belongs to Allah the one who has given me who has gifted me in my old age Ismail wa Ishaq two sons in all age according to the scholars of Tafsir Ibrahim alayhi salam was 99 years old when his first when his son Ismail was born to him and he was and 13 years later 112 years old when Ishaq Isaac was born to him alayhi salam so here Ibrahim السلام, is recognizing the gift of Allah giving him children and not only that but in addition to that the fact that he gave him children at this late age when he was old in age and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with righteous children righteous offspring inna rabbi verily my lord he is the one who hears supplications and he is the one who answers who is near and answers the supplications of those so Ibrahim is praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and expressing his gratitude and thankfulness for the favors which and the bounties which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him and giving him his sons Ismail and Ishaq and especially at old age, at a, at a late stage in his life and also he is announcing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who hears supplications he hears those who call on him and those who turn to him and this is a confirmation and a reassurance for the believers, those who have faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they should call on Allah for their needs and indeed Allah is the one who answers, who is capable and able to answer the supplications of those who call on Him. Then he closes with the final supplication, the saying for this dua or supplication, Rabbi ja'alni muqeem as-salat, O Allah, make me of those who perform the salat, iqamat al-salat, who fulfill all the rights of the prayer, perform it in the way that in its fullness, in the way that it is required, that I be of those who are consistent in the performance of the, of the salat, doing it in its time and doing it in its proper manner, physically, the verbal recitations as well as the intention and the consciousness of mind and purity of heart and sincerity for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. وَمِنْ Make me of those who fulfill or who perform the salat and also my offspring. Make them of those who fulfill or who perform the salat. And this is also a hint or an indication that when one supplicates, that one shouldn't supplicate for oneself alone but should also supplicate for others. And of the most important of those who have rights to our supplications are our children. When we supplicate for ourselves, how much more so are our, need, are our children in need of our supplications? So Ibrahim, alayhi salam, in the beginning of this section, he asked Allah, وَجَمِدَنِي وَبَنِيَّ Make me to be far distant, as well as my children, and مَعْبُدَ الْأَسْمَانِ From worshipping idols, and in the end, وَجَعَلْنِي مُقِيمَ الصَّلَاةِ وَمِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِي Make me of those who fulfill or who perform the prayers, and likewise my children. Make them of those who perform the prayers. And we know that the salat is of the utmost importance it is one of the main reasons for justification for a person to be allowed to live. And those who worship Allah in me by praising Him, by remembering Him, and by thanking Him with their prayers, they justify their existence and the sustenance and bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them in this world. Whereas those who do not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who are forgetful and ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have no justification 
of life and the justification of the bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them. Whoever performs the prayer and performing it with all of its preconditions on the pillars for the important parts of, that prayer, of the prayer, they will be of the Zakirin and the Shakirin, those who remember Allah and those who are thankful to Him. Or those who abandon the prayer, they are of the Nafiin, the Ghafiin, those who are forgetful and those who are unmindful or ungrateful for the favors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them, for Kanaman Kafirin, and likewise they are the disbelievers. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said that whoever abandons the prayer, then that person has indeed fallen into kufr. Al-Ahdul ladhi baynana wa baynahum as-salat, the covenant that is between us and them, that separates the believers, the Muslims from the disbelievers or the Kafirs, it is as-salat. Al-Ahdul ladhi baynana wa baynahum as-salat. فَمَنْ تَرَكَهَا فَقَدْ كَفَرُ Whoever has abandoned salat, then they have fallen into kufr. Therefore those who fail to perform the prayer, they are of those who are forgetful and unmindful and grateful and of the disbelievers. And finally, Ibrahim السلام, supplicates in these last supplications, رَبَّنَا وَتَقَبَّلْ دُعَاءُ O Allah, accept my dua, رَبَّنَا وَفِرُ O Allah, forgive me, وَلِوَالِدَيَّ and my parents, وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ and the believers, يَوْمَ يَقُمُ الْحِسَابِ on the day when accounts will be taken. And again, in, this, in these applications, we find the importance of seeking Allah's forgiveness. The best of humanity, the prophets, asking Allah for forgiveness. So what about ordinary people? But Ibrahim didn't just ask for forgiveness for himself, but he also asked for forgiveness for his parents and for the believers in general on the day when accounts will be taken. And this also is an indication of the importance of supplicating not only for oneself, but also supplicating for others, as Ibrahim supplicated for himself, and he supplicated for his children. He supplicated for himself, and he supplicated for his parents. And likewise, he supplicated for the believers in general. And every Muslim should keep in mind the supplications for others when they supplicate for themselves. Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir, يعني, as quickly as possible, the comments that he made concerning this. Concerning the first verses, when Ibrahim asks Allah to grant safety and security to this land and to make him to be far removed, he and his children, from the worship of idols, stating the reasoning for this that it was the idols that caused many of the people to go astray. And whoever follows him, the is of him, and will disobey him, that Allah is given and merciful. Here, uh, under the supplication of Ibrahim, at the time when he housed his son Ismail in Mecca, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions on this occasion, making an argument against the pagan Arabs, making an argument against them in their shirk. He argues against them that this sacred land, Mecca, and that house which is built there, the Kaaba, that when it was first built, it was put there for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, and that no associate should be made for him. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is arguing against the pagans of Mecca, when these words were revealed to the Prophet sallallahu that Mecca, the place where they are living, and that their livelihood is coming from, and the Kaaba that people come to Mecca for, that brings their livelihood to them, it was originally established for the worship of Allah alone. And this is an argument against them in the worship 
of idols. And also by Ibrahim السلام, the one who caused this place to be inhabited, the one who established this city, that he supplicated for Mecca that it be given safety and security in those words, Rabbi Ja'al Had al Barada Amin and Allah make this land safe and secure, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered him. And this is mentioned in a number of places in the Quran. One of them is the saying of Allah, أَوَلَمْ يَرَوْا أَنَّا جَعَلْنَا حَرَمًا آمِنًا Don't you see that we have made it, يعني Mecca, a sacred place, حَرَمًا and a place of safety and security, آمِنًا And also in the saying of Allah, إِنَّ أَوَلَ بَيْتِ وُدِعَ لِلنَّاسِ لَلَّذِيهِ بَكَّةَ مُبَارَةً وَهُدًا لِلْعَالَمِينَ That verily the first house, the first house that was placed in the earth, and for the worship of Allah is that which is at Bakka, meaning at Mecca, it is blessed, and in it, in it is guidance, khudan, bil'alameen, for all of the creatures, for all of the worlds. Fi ayatun, bayinatun maqamu Ibrahim, in it are many signs, clear signs, and from amongst them is the maqam Ibrahim, the state of Ibrahim, وَمَنْ دَخَلَهُ كَانَ آمِنًا Whoever entered it and whoever entered the city of Mecca, and that person is آمِنًا And this is also a proof that the supplication of Ibrahim السلام, to make Mecca as a place of safety and security, that it was accepted and answered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Al-Hafidh al-Kathir says here, فَأَرَّفَهُ يعني He mentioned Mecca, هَذَا الْبَلَدَ يعني He mentioned Al-Balad here with Al-Aflam, Al-Ta'arif, meaning that this place is a place that has been established. Hadha Al-Balada, this land. As, as, in fact, contrary to, in Surah Al-Baqarah, the Dua of Ibrahim, he said, Waj'al Hadha, without Al-Aflam, Baladan Aminan. Make this place a city that is safe and secure. In one place he said Al-Balada and the other place he said Balada Aminan. Baladan Aminan, yani, but it's not definite. So here Al-Hafiz bin Kathir mentions this point to distinguish the, between the two supplications of Ibrahim, the one in these verses where he mentions Hada Al-Balada and then the other one where he mentions Hada Baladan. One of them is definite, the other is indefinite. And he says that what may be understood from this is that this dua is after the building or the establishment of the city of Mecca. He said, Hada al Balada. Al it is a place that is established. Whereas in the earlier supplication, when he first arrived in Mecca, he referred to it as this Hada. And he said, Make it Baladan, a land or a city or a place that is established and then with safety and security. Uh, for this reason, he said, الحمد لله الذي وحب لي على الكبر إسماعيل وإسحاق يعني for this reason after the land had been the city had been established and he mentions the praise of Ibrahim praise be to Allah who has given who has gifted to me in my old age Ismail and Ishaq and at the time of this supplication here on this occasion it was according to Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir after the city had been established and after not only Ismail but also Ishaq was also born so it is known that Ismail is older than Ishaq by 13 years as for the time Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir says as for the time when Ibrahim went with Ismail and his mother initially went to Mecca with them and he was breastfeeding, Rabi'ah he was a breastfeeding child, a small infant when he went with them to that place, Mecca his supplication at that time was Rabbi Ja'al Hada Baladan Aminan Oh my Lord, make this place 
بلدا آمنا a safe and secure place or city make it into a city that will be safe and secure and this الحافظ ابن كثير mentioned that we discussed in detail in another place at the time when that supplication is mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah then he said the same of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the supplication of Ibrahim وَجَلُمْنِي وَبَنِيَ أَنْ نَعْبُدَ الْأَسْنَامِ and make me my children to be far and more from the worship of idols he said that it is expected that every person who supplicates should supplicate for himself as well as for his parents and as well for his offspring then he mentions the fact that many of the people have been tested and tried with the fitna of idols خَلَاتْ يعني multitudes of the people and that he, Ibrahim, Arifan, preparing himself to be free Bariyan, he is free from those who worship those idols then he referred back the matter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala يعني أَمْرَهُمْ إِلَى اللَّهِ then Ibrahim declared that the matter is with Allah if he wills, he may punish them and if he wills, he may forgive them that is those who disobey him Allah, it is according to his will to the Mashiach of Allah whomever he wills, he may punish them for their disobedience and whoever he wills, he may forgive them out of his mercy and this is similar to the saying of Isa alayhi salam in another place in the Quran in to azibhum fa'allahum ibadu very few Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punish them then they are your servants to do it as you will وَإِن تَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ فَإِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَزِيزَ الْحَكِيمِ and if you decide to forgive them then barely you and only you are Al-Aziz the mighty Al-Hakim the All-Wise and here the translation on this point is coming now there is some lack of clarity and there is also lack of clarity even in the Arabic expression so pay attention to the translation of this sentence here Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir says وَلَيْسَ فِيهِ and فِيهِ the Lanier who it's not clear what it is referring to so the translator left it open he didn't make it clear either وَلَيْسَ فِيهِ أَكْثَرْ مِنْ أَرْضَدْ إِلَى مَشِيرِكِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى لَا تَجْوِيزِ وُقُوعِ ذَلِكِ and also ذَلِكِ وُقُوعِ ذَلِكِ is not clear what it is referring to and the translator left it unclear the apparent meaning of this expression from Al-Hafid ibn Kathir is referring back to the statement of Ibrahim that whoever follows me, فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي وَمَنْ أَصَانِي فَإِنَّكَ غَفُورَ رَحِيمٌ and whoever disobeys me, then you are forgiving and merciful it, it appears as though this statement is referring back to the statement of Ibrahim وَلَيْسَ فِي أَكْمَ مِنَ الرَّاتِ إِلَى مَشِيرِكِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى that the affair of these people and what would be their condition that Ibrahim is not saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would definitely forgive them إِنَّكَ غَفُورُ رَحِيمٌ if they disobey him, he is not saying so but he is saying that the matter is with Allah it is according to the Mashiach of Allah although he only mentions here that Allah is forgiving and merciful which might be understood to mean that whoever disobeys him that Allah is forgiving and merciful Allah will forgive them and Allah will be merciful but here Hafiz ibn Kathir is saying that that's not the meaning here that, they, that Allah will definitely forgive them there is nothing that should be understood from this except that Ibrahim is referring or returning the matter back to the Mashiach of Allah that it is according to Allah's will not that it is definitely so that Allah will forgive them and have mercy on them but Allah will forgive them if he will definitely forgive them and Allah will be merciful it's not so but Ibrahim is only saying that Allah may forgive and Allah may be merciful but it is 
according to the will of Allah. And that's why Al-Haq is mentioned here in the statement of Isa, which his statement is more clear that Isa said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that verily if you punish them, then they are your slaves. And if you forgive them, then verily you are Al-Aziz Al-Hakim. That means that a man is with Allah to forgive whom he will and to punish whom he will. And this is the correct understanding of the statement of Abraham. Not that definitely those who disobey will be forgiven. Not so. But Allah will punish whom he wills and Allah will forgive whom he wills. Then he says the statement or the hadith on Abdullah ibn Amr. رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم recited the saying of Ibrahim عليه السلام رَبِّ إِنَّهُنَّ عَدَلَنَّ كَثِيرٌ مِنَ النَّاسِ Oh my Lord, barely the idols they have caused many of the people to go astray and then he mentioned also the saying of Isa عليه السلام that if you punish them into عَذِّبْهُمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ عِبَادَةٌ that verily they are your slaves. But the Prophet ﷺ mentioned these words, the words of Ibrahim, that the idols caused many of the people to go astray, and the words of Isa, that if you punish them, then they are your slaves. To do it as you will. Then he raised his hand, the Prophet ﷺ, after mentioning these two statements, he raised his hand, and he said, Allahumma ummati, Allahumma ummati, Allahumma ummati. Oh, oh Allah, my ummah. O Allah ma'umma, O Allah ma'umma. The Ani protect them, preserve them. Protect them from the worship of idols. Because if Allah doesn't protect us from the worship of idols, then we will be subject to the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Certainly we are indeed His ibad to do with as He wills. Then the Prophet began to cry. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the angel Jibreel, Go to him, go to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَرَبُّكَ عَالَمُ And Allah is the best knower in every affair, in every matter, no doubt. But he told Jibreel to go to the Prophet Muhammad and ask him what is causing him to cry. Well, Allah knows what is the cause of it. Then angel Jibreel came to him and asked him, and the Prophet Muhammad informed him of what he had said, and what was the cause of his crying. It was for fear of his ummah falling into the worship of idols, which would indeed justify their punishment. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him to go back, go to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and say to him that verily we will make you pleased with your ummah. And we will cause you to be pleased with your ummah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is telling him that he will accept his supplication and that he will protect them. That you, I, will, I, will, we will, I will cause you to be pleased with your ummah and not cause ill or evil to befall them. Then he mentioned the saying, the supplication, O oh, our Lord, I have housed some of my offspring in a valley that is uncultivated near your sacred house. O oh, our Lord, so that they may fulfill the prayers. So make the hearts of some of the people turn towards them and give them sustenance from the fruits that perhaps they may be thankful. Here Al-Hafid al Kathir, Rahimahullah says that this is an indication, and that this supplication or these words are an indication that the second dua of the Prophet Ibrahim, it is after a first dua, a previous dua. That the first one is at the time when he left Hajar and her son Ismail in Mecca alone. And that was the first dua of Ibrahim when he said, Wajal Haza Baladan Aminan. Make this place a city and that it will be safe and secure. That was the first one. And the second one is the one who said, وَجْعَلْ هَذَا الْبَلَدَ آمِنًا Make this city 
safe and secure. He said that there are two supplications. The first of them, it was before the building of the city, and the second one is after Mecca had been established. Uh, and he said that this was, and he supplicated again, uh, out of, and he's confirming his desire or his hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he answers this supplication. And for this reason, and he mentions, and the basic al-muharram, that I'm leaving him or leaving them, some of my offspring, at your sacred house. And also he's saying, Rabbana liyuqeen salat, that they may perform the prayers. And here he says that uh, Al-Imam Ibn Jarir al-Tabari, rahimahullah, said that this statement it is connected. Liyuqeen salat, they may perform the prayers, is connected to the previous statement in the basic al-Muharram. In that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is saying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you have made this sacred house. You have made it sacred. So that its people will be enabled to perform the prayers at that place, yani at your sacred house. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this place a sacred area so that it would be protected, it would be safe and secure in order to enable the people to worship Him at that place so that they would not be prevented from worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, at that place. And here, he mentions the statement, so make some of the hearts of some of the people to be turned towards them. And Ibn, Ibn Abbas, Allah, as well as from amongst the Tabi'in, Mujahid, Musayid, Mujudayr and others, said that the hearts of some of the people, the meaning of this, that if, they, if he had said the hearts of the people, then the place would have become overwhelmed. By every, all of the people coming there, including the Tsarists, the Romans, the Persians, the Romans, the Jews, and the Christians, and all people would have been coming there because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have, would have accepted the supplication of Ibrahim. But He said, turn the hearts of some of the people, some of the people, not all of the people. And that means that this was exclusive for the Muslims. And He turned the hearts of the believers those who worship you to come to this place and provide them with sustenance from, its, from fruits, from the fruits that is, that they will be giving their sustenance so it will be a help, it will be a help a means to help them to obey you and to make it easier for them to obey you and to worship you since uh, this place where they have been placed it was a valley with no cultivation, not, no plant life, nothing was growing there so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is being asked to make the fruits available for the people in that place so that they may eat from it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indeed answered that, that supplication and mentioned in another place in the Quran, didn't we make it possible for them that this place would be a sacred area and it would be safe and secure. So that the fruits of everything would be brought to it, brought to Makkah, though nothing was growing there. And it would be rifqan min ladunna, that it would be a sustenance from us, yani from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself. And this is from the compassion and the generosity and the mercy and blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this land, the sacred land, Mecca, where no fruit trees are growing, but fruits from every other place, from all around it, would be brought to it in answer or in response to the dua of Al-Khalil Ibrahim. Then he mentioned the last verses, verses 38 through 41, and concerning these verses, these supplications, O oh our Lord, there you are the one who, 
إِنَّكَ تَعْلَمْ مَا نُخْفِي You know what we hide as well as what we reveal and nothing is hidden nothing is hidden from Allah in the earth nor in the heavens and then praising Allah the one who has given him even in all age Ismail and Ishaq Verily my Lord is the one who hears supplications or answers supplications O Allah meet me and those who establish the prayer and also my children and O Allah accept my dua O our Lord forgive me and forgive my parents and the believers on the day when accounts will be taken here Al-Imam Ibn Jarir Al-Tabari Rahimahullah says that Allah Taala is informing us about Ibrahim Khalilahu his Khalil that he alayhi salam said Oh our Lord you are the one who knows what we hide as, what we, as well as what we reveal that means that you are the one who knows the intention behind my dua you know what is behind this supplication what I am asking you you know why I am asking and that Ibrahim doesn't want by this dua anything except he wants to supplicate for the people of this land and his intention by this supplication for the people of this land is to earn the pleasure of Allah and the ikhlas, that, the peace, that there would be ikhlas or sincerity that those people would be protected from shirk and that they would give themselves over sincerely to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that Allah is the one who knows all things whether open, evident or hidden and secret and nothing is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this earth nor that which is in the heavens then he prays his Lord Azza wa Jalla for what he has provided for what he has given him of children especially after reaching old age and he says Alhamdulillah Nabi wa Habali ala al-kibri that praise this Allah has given to me in old age Ismail al-Ishaq verily inna rabbi lasmi'u dua that my Lord he is the one who hears meaning he is the one who answers supplications meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers the one who calls on him and indeed Allah did answer me Ibrahim meaning the meaning of the saying of Ibrahim that Allah indeed did answer me in that which I had asked him to grant me children and then he said oh Allah make me of those who perform the prayers and the rabbi of those muhafazan and of those who and who, who give attention and care to their prayers they got them meaning they always perform them and they perform them in their time and they perform them in the proper manner fulfilling all of the rights of that prayer and also my children that they be also of those who establish the prayer and he also made them of those who established the prayer then he said oh Allah accept my dua in that which I have asked you all of it all of the things that I have asked you accept it from me answer my supplication then he said oh Allah forgive me and also my parents and this was and this supplication it was before the prophet Ibrahim salam had declared his innocence and being free from his father and it was before he declared himself to be free from his father and when it had become clear that his father was of those who had enmity towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he would remain in shirk and in this supplication to forgive himself and to forgive his parents it was before it became clear to him that his father was going to die in shirk and he also asked for forgiveness for the believers for all of the believers and that supplication is for everyone who believes in Allah from this time and after his time and even before his time because it is general for all the mu'mineen on the day when accounts will be taken and on the day when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take account of his servants and on the day when he will reward he will recompense his servants for their actions whoever had done good then he will get a good reward and whoever had done evil he will be rewarded in life this is the end of 
the Mukhtasar or the summary of the Tafsir in the Kathir. And finally, just to mention some of the points that Shaykh Abu Bakr Jazari, Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him. May Allah protect and preserve him. He said, concerning these verses, a number of points that may be derived from them. The first of them is the excellence of Mecca and the honor of Mecca and that it is a sacred area that is safe and secure. Yani yeah, the first thing that we understand from these verses is the excellence and greatness and honor of the city of Mecca of the city of Mecca which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made a sacred area and Allah has honored it and made it safe. The second of them is the Khalfman Shirk. Yani yeah, the second thing that we should understand from these verses and one of the most important things that a believer should fear falling into shirk due to its great danger. And for this reason, the Prophet Ibrahim asks Allah to protect him from it. A Muslim should fear shirk, and the one who fears shirk is the one who will know about it, and will know how to avoid it, and will know what is tawheed. Otherwise, the person who doesn't fear shirk, then he will not have any need to know about it, and he will not have any care to know about it, and to know the means that cause people to fall into it. Number three, that the relationship of al-Iman and tawheed have preference over relationships of the womb, blood relationships or other relationships. And this is understood from the saying of Ibrahim that whoever follows me, فَمَنْ تَبِعَنِي فَأَنَّهُ مِنِّي The one who is really from me, the one who I am connected to or is connected to me, is the one who follows me in that Tawheed, in worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So that the relationships of Al-Iman and Tawheed, those are the relationships that have precedence and more importance over all other types of relations. And number four, the importance of establishing the prayer. And that whoever doesn't want to perform the prayer, they have no right to sustenance. And Ibrahim is making it clear that he wants the people to perform the prayer. I want them to worship you Allah alone, so give them sustenance to make it easier for them to facilitate them fulfilling the obligation to you. So the one who doesn't want to pray, doesn't have a right to Allah's sustenance. And for this reason, the one who refuses to pray, that person in the Sharia, they may be killed for the abandonment of a prayer. If a person doesn't pray, and after they are warned and reminded and encouraged because they refuse to pray, then they may be killed. Some of the scholars said that they may be killed as a kafir because abandonment of prayer is kufr, major kufr, and some said that it's kufr, duna kufr, yani it's actions of kufr, and that the person is not out of the middle of Islam, however they should be killed for the abandonment of salah. In any case, whichever one, whichever opinion, uh, the person abandons prayer in the sharia, it is agreed upon that they may be killed. By the authorities, not by any person in the streets on their own. Number five, the clarification of the acceptance and the answering of the dua of Ibrahim السلام, and what he has asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for in these numerous supplications. Number six, the obligation of praising Allah and expressing one's thanks as shukra and gratitude for the blessings and bounties which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to any one of us. That it is righteous to praise Allah and to thank Him for the bounties that He has given to us. And that means daily a Muslim should be praising Allah and thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by their tongue and in their heart and in their actions. And al istighfar that it is legislated to seek forgiveness of Allah, it is legislated. A Muslim should continuously, daily seek forgiveness of Allah, not only for oneself, but also for the believing men and the believing women, for our children and our parents and otherwise. And number eight, and finally he said, the confirmation or the affirmation of Aqidatul Bahat wal-Hisab wal-Jazah, the belief in Islam of the resurrection, that it is a fact that people will be resurrected. 
And also that accounts will be taken for the deeds that we have done in this world. People will indeed be resurrected, accounts will indeed be taken at Al-Jazah, people will be rewarded accordingly, according to any good with good and evil with evil. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, ashadun la ilaha ila anta, asad furqa wa tuzaylik. Any comments or questions or corrections, inshallah, perhaps there is a few moments remaining. The verses that we discussed is from Surah Ibrahim chapter 14, from verses 35 through 41. Now, Ibrahim, pay for his yes. Al-Hab ibn Shatiyah said that this supplication, when he asks for forgiveness, Forgive me and my parents. He said that this was before it became clear that they would die in enmity to Allah. And before it became clear that they would, that they would reject the truth. That his father wouldn't accept the truth and that his father would die on kufr. But when it became clear to him, then he didn't continue to supplicate for him. That means here it is permissible to supplicate for one who has not become clear. But when it became clear, if a person died on kufr or shirk, then it's not allowed to supplicate for them. It became unlawful to supplicate to ask Allah for their forgiveness. Now, Also, the eldest of the sons of Ibrahim السلام, was it Ismail or Ishaq? There is a great difference of opinion amongst the scholars of Tafsir concerning this. And in general, but it appears as though the most correct opinion, the more correct opinion, is that Ismail is the older of them. According to many of the scholars, that Ismail was born when Ibrahim was 99 years old, and that Ishaq was born when he was 112 years old. And there are other proofs, Yani, other more clear proofs, but it's something that is disputed, and there they are from amongst the scholars of the people of Sunnah, from the first generation of the Muslims, from amongst Sahaba, there are statements which might be used for either side to say that Ismail was the older or that Ishaq was the older, but it appears that the correct opinion is that Ismail is the older of the two sons. Allahu some of the scholars mentioned that, that he had other children. Yani, in the saying of, of in the Dua of Ibrahim, Men Zurriyati, it is understood that not all of the children of Ibrahim were left in Mecca. He said, Rabbana, inni askantu fi wadin, aw bi wadin, ghayr bi bar'in, in the basic al-Muharram. Yani, when he said that he had left some of his offspring, min zurriyati, uh, when he said that he left some of his offspring at that place, it means that it is understood that there are more of his offspring that he has, that not all of his children are being left there, that he has other children. And some of the scholars said, based on this point, that he had other children, and that his number of children was eight. Exactly who they are and what are their names, Allah Ma'ala. But some of the scholars in Tafsir actually mentioned that some of his children were in Asham, where he came from, when he brought Hajar and Ismail to Mecca. And he returned to them in Sham, and he stayed there with his other children. And in some of the narrations of Hadith in the, in the Sahih of Al-Bukhari, the Hadith of Ibn Abbas, 
it mentions that Ibrahim used to come from Asham and visit them in Mecca on a number of occasions. So that his family was there in Asham and his other family was in Mecca. Minduriyati means the part of his family that's in Mecca. And the other of his offspring, they are there in Asham. But the details of it, and of course, not everything that is mentioned in the books of Tafsir is confirmed with the accuracy and the strictness of the hadith. Sometimes there are reports and narrations that yani, have to be taken, uh, yani, not as final conclusive proof, but it is mentioned that he had other children and some of his scholars said that he had eight children. Allah knows that. When did they exist? I don't know historically the exact time of Ibrahim, but it appears that it was something like 4,000 years ago. Something like that. Ma'am? The language at that time, Allahu Alam. But it doesn't appear as though it's Arabic, but historically, some of the scholars commenting on the hadith of Al-Bukhari about the settlement, how Mecca was settled, it is recorded in that hadith of Ibn Abbas, that they were left there alone in that place, and Ibrahim supplicated for them, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered his supplication to turn the hearts of some of the people towards them by some Bedouins who were traveling across the desert from Juhum tribe, the people who came from Yemen, and they were passing that place, and when they found water there, they wanted to settle there. And Hajar, she made a condition with them that she may settle here as long as the water is controlled. It doesn't belong to you. As long as you admit and accept the fact that it doesn't belong to you, you'll take freely, but you will not control it. So they settled there. And when Ismail grew up, his father visited him on a number of occasions, and when he grew up, he married from those people. And he learned Arabic from those people. It is mentioned in the hadith that he learned Arabic from those people. From the people of the Juhim tribe who came from the southern Arabian Peninsula, from Yemen area. So it appears as though the, the language, the language was not Arabic, but Ismail learned Arabic from those people. Not from his mother. That means his mother tongue was not Arabic. But he learned Arabic from those people and he married from them. He married from those people also. Now. What was the particular Adam? What was the Allah It is not clear, but of course in the books of Tafsir there is mention concerning the building of the Kaaba that some of the scholars mentioned so many different things. Some of them said that the Kaaba was built from the time of Adam, that it was built by Adam. And some of them said it was built by the angels. In the place on earth that is directly below the house, Beitul Ma'mur, in the heavens where the angels make tawaf around, but they visit. And there are other things. In any case, if it is not confirmed that the Kaaba was built first by Adam, but it appears as though it was built earlier. From a number of proofs, it appears as though the Kaaba was built before the time of Ibrahim. And some of the scholars in the Tafsir of the mentioned the number of sayings in other places in the Quran, not in this chapter, that uh, the scholars said that the house was built before and it was destroyed and the place was lost and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed Ibrahim the place where it was supposed to be and it was rebuilt in that place. And even in the hadith of Ibn Abbas is mentioned that he placed them in a place uh, near the house 
And in one place he said, at the highest place of the masjid, a'la al-masjid, meaning the highest place of the masjid. And some of the descriptions uh, in the hadith suggest that they remained some place where the Kaaba was previously. And it was identified to Ibrahim and the Kaaba was rebuilt in that place. But as for Adam, السلام, if he, he was the one who first built the Kaaba, then there are such things. But whether or not it's confirmed, then it's not that clear. Bismillah <laughs> ar